What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes of the podcast every Friday. And if you go ahead and click subscribe there on iTunes, then uh, the fresh episode will pop right into your feed as soon as it's available so you don't have to go searching for it. Subscribing to the podcast is also a uh, great way to help support the podcast in a free way. You click subscribe, you cruise down to the bottom of the podcast page, you click write a review, you say a few nice words, you click the five stars, and uh, there you are, supporting the podcast and hopefully helping it reach the tops of the iTunes charts, which helps uh, more people find the show, making it more nationally visible and more visible on an international scale even, which means more exposure for the artists that come on the podcast. So super helpful way to support. Cannot stress that enough. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in-studio performances and live performances. There are some, uh, there's at least one new video up there. Uh, The rest are coming next week but uh just freshly released via vortex music magazine were the uh my body sessions from episode 104 so i've been trying to stretch out the videos a little bit because we've done uh less studio sessions this year but i wanted to spread them out a little bit so these are from episode 104 with my body we just released hot like the room through uh vortex and that's up on the the youtube channel now and uh yeah a couple more coming at you next week as well so look for those click subscribe there tell your friends and uh dancablepresents.com that's the uh the central location to find it all the fresh episode of the cast uh usually features some videos up there as well as uh calendar dates speaking calendar dates we got some uh some good things happening in the near future here in uh in portland And I just want to shout out September 5th, which is the Brother Not Brother Fox and Bone show over at Alberta Street Pub coming up this Wednesday. That is going to be a real doozy. Brother Not Brother is uh, playing as a a five-piece band, so that's going to be kind of crazy. They're usually just playing as a duo, but they will be re-releasing their first record, Broken Poetry and Melatonin, which was released under the Hammerhead name. So they, uh, you know, wanted to... Figure out a special way to introduce that stuff into the Brother Not Brother catalog, and they've added a couple tracks to it, so that'll also be available um, on the internets as well, Spotify and iTunes and all that that good stuff. So that's September 5th. Get your tickets, Alberta Street Pub. Also, um, September 1st, if you're listening to this uh, release day or release weekend, uh, the Kiki and the Dowry album release is going on in Mississippi Studios. It's going to be crazy with Ezra Bell, and Maurice and the Stiff Sisters, super dope lineup. And uh, check out the Kiki and the Dowry episode from last week. That was very killer. Um, all the man, the last few episodes have just been so rad. 
and uh, I think we're we're gonna keep that ongoing. But uh, last date, I just want to mention a little further out, September 29th at the Alberta Street Pub. I will be throwing a hip hop show going down. We got Matt Randall on the bill, former guest of the podcast, and um, he's also gonna be on the show again very soon to talk about his new record that he's about to put out. But we got Matt Randall. We got uh, Young Peralta and Max91, who's coming up on the show as well. And we also have Mal London, who has been on the podcast before. So it's going to be a killer night down there at Alberta Street Pub. Hip-hop, R&B, rap, heads, where are you at? Come down to the Alberta Street Pub on September 29th. And uh, that is all of my ramblings about dates and how you can support the podcast, which is uh, by clicking subscribe on iTunes, as I told you before, and you uh, clicking five stars and leaving that review. But you got that under control, I'm sure. Uh, Liz Longley is on this show this week. It was uh, very cool to get to hang with Liz before her show at the White Eagle in Portland, Oregon. Liz is based out of Nashville. She has been uh, writing and playing songs for a long time. She's been putting records out for about 12 years and uh, touring around the country. And it was uh, it was just very cool to, to get to connect with her and, and learn a little bit more about um, her music journey and uh, also just kind of get a little more insight on the tunes. I'm a big fan of her most recent record, which is called Weightless, not Weightlessness, which I, for some reason, wanted to call it that um, in the beginning of the conversation. But sometimes you make a mistake, and uh, I made one. But uh, no, this is a great conversation with her. Her new record, Weightless, as I was saying, is uh, just real goddamn good. I'll tell you what. I It's... Uh, it's one that I enjoy quite a bit. It's just great songwriting. Uh, the production on it is killer. She worked with Bill from uh, Band of Horses on this record. And um, I just think it's it's kind of one of those things where it's great to listen to front to back because it, uh, it does very much capture a vibe. But I also feel like almost every song on this record could stand alone as as a single which um is just killer and um i would encourage you to go back in the catalog as well and and check out some of the the prior releases but it it just seems like uh liz longley has tapped into this uh this new thing with this with this waitlist record and I can't wait to see what she puts out next. Um, I will put all the links in the episode notes so people can keep up with Liz, but she's definitely somebody that's touring around pretty regularly. And so definitely, if you dig what you hear, check out her dates and go say what's up to her. And um, also check out her YouTube channel. She's got a bunch of videos of her playing solo acoustic as well which is um which is cool to see kind of the songs in their their more bare form but uh yeah just uh another rad chat and i was uh stoked that we were able to make this happen we we just hung out down there at the white eagle on the patio and there's a 
there's like a bluegrass band playing so there might be a little bit of that in the background of the conversation but it'll be nice it'll be a nice soundtrack i feel like to the conversation if it is cutting through it all but uh yeah much love to to all the listeners out there much love to liz longley for taking the time to be on the show i uh like i said appreciated the hang and it's it's always it is always very cool for me to get to sit down with somebody who is uh doing what they want to do with their life you know just out there on the road playing these gigs crashing with friends and uh it's just something that i admire very much so anytime i get to to hang out with one of these people and and they're willing to sit down and take the time it is um very inspiring to me and and it's uh really fuels the fire you know so this is it we're on we're on to episode 126 we got liz longley on the show and we are kicking this episode off with a uh with the title track to waitlist and uh here it is enjoy it let's get into it you can have the couch the lamp the diamond ring the books on the shelf the dishes in the sink take 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 everything take 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 and when you cleared the walls and emptied out the drawers when you filled your pockets with all your claim is yours take 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 it with you right out the front door take 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 I've never left your mouth Take, 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 take that dark, heavy cloud Take, 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 take I wanna be weightless On top of the world I wanna be weightless Don't wanna be anybody's lover, girl I'm gonna be weightless I'm cutting the street
you ready to get into this Let's thing? Let's do this. Liz Longley, thank you for uh, hanging out with me today before Thanks you're set here me. in Portland. I am, uh, I'm pumped to, to talk to you. I've been you know, going through your catalog of music, and I'm probably most familiar with your most recent record, which is called Weightless, Weightlessness, <laughs> and, uh, which I dig quite a bit. Um, can you believe it's been like 12 years since you put out your first record? Oh my god! Has the time just kind of blown by you? Yeah, I wasn't thinking you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say, can you believe it's been two years since Weightless came out? But 12 years since my first record, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I, yeah, that's wild. And even before that, actually, I was making CDs and selling them at my high school. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been at it for a long time. Yeah, how did you... Uh how did you get into music? When did you pick up an instrument? I first picked up an instrument when I was eight. It was piano, so I didn't pick it up. It was pretty heavy. But um, <laughs> I was kind of... Actually, I didn't want to play it at all. I didn't want anything to do with it. But my, my parents were insistent. And I threw a temper tantrum. I was a pretty calm kid, but I didn't want to do it. And they said, well, if you're not going to do piano, then you have to do softball. So luckily, softball didn't work. And I, <laughs> I went back to piano and fell in love with really songwriting at 14 years old. That's when I really knew that it was what I wanted to do. Did you have other people in your family that were were musical or, or playing music at all? Yeah, yeah. My dad is an amazing musician. He doesn't play anymore, but all through my childhood, he was playing saxophone and trumpet. And believe it or not, he took me out to a lot of his gigs and let me be the front singer for his jazz band. So that was a great way to grow up. And my mom always wanted to be a singer, so... They never for a second said, okay, honey, now you need to think about having a real job. What do you really want to do? They've been supportive from day one. Yeah, when did it, uh, when did you sit down at a piano and have it kind of click that you wanted to write your own songs? You know, I didn't even think about it. It just started happening when I was 14 and my parents were on vacation and I just started writing a song about God knows what. And the first time I performed it, it was in ninth grade and... It was this magical night where I played the first song ever and then I got a standing ovation and I was like, this is what I want to do. So it happened really early on. And then I picked up guitar a couple of years later and that's when things really started clicking because I was able to get a lot of different sounds that I just, I'm not a great piano player. So I really, I really took to guitar and, and loved that and also, songwriting got more fun yeah also just an instrument that's a little easier to to lug around yeah exactly and, <laughs> go play those acoustic <laughs> gigs rather than trying to haul a keyboard oh my or, gosh. of some sort yeah exactly and then you eventually ended up at berkeley school of music i did berkeley college of music was the only school i applied to actually uh i just really badly wanted to be a songwriting major and learn how to write songs and that's exactly what i got to do it was it was a dream i loved it yeah, did you have a pretty great experience there overall? I did. I did. I think, you know, a lot of people have different um, feelings about their time there. I mean, but I loved it because as a songwriting major, you can you can kind of be, you can kind of go into a, a music school and think, well, I don't want to ruin what I already do. I don't want to ruin the magic and learn too much. But I was like, no, 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 bring it on. I want to know everything. And then, you know, the more tools you have as a songwriter, some, at some level, they just start becoming subconscious and, and they seep into what you do without thinking about it. And the best songs happen when you're not thinking about it. So it's just a matter of learning and then unlearning. Yeah. And instrumentally, were you focusing on, on just guitar at that point or were you doing a mix of both. both the guitar and the yeah. piano? But you have to have a principal instrument at Berkeley and mine was voice. Okay. Yeah. So that's how I got into the school was on voice. And was there just 
tons of people doing all this amazing things around you. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's so many people, like people that you know today are people that I went to school with. Yeah. You know? Who were like some of your peers. <laughs> like Charlie you were going to Puth school. is killing it right now. We were in school at the same time. Betty who, um, oh my gosh, there's, there's so many incredible people out there just killing it either in the songwriting world or, um, gosh, who am I thinking of? Um, I can't think of his name. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. But one of the greatest songwriters in pop right now is killing it. He went to Bur- we were in some of the same classes. So, um, yeah, it's cool to see my friends out there just hitting the road and writing these hit songs. And yeah, did you kind of start seeing people kind of making moves as they were in college too, and starting to get some solid gigs for themselves? And yeah, I mean, there were some people that. Don't like most people that go to Berkeley don't actually finish because there's it's so tempting to just okay I want to go out there and do it so I my parents were like you got to do all four years and I'm glad that I did it kept me kept me in in the game. Um, when did you always kind of feel like you could make a a career out of music that whole time? I did. I've never had a backup plan and I still don't. So I hope it keeps working. <laughs> Yeah, I, I toured I toured on the weekends all through college and toured all the summers. I did like 40 dates a summer. And by the time I was graduating, I had enough of a fan base to just keep going, keep the momentum going. So it was really a goal of mine while I was in college to create a foundation for a career so the time I graduated, I could survive. Yeah, and you were doing that pretty much by yourself, like DIY kind of yes, doing all the booking was, and, and I hustling. I loved actually booking my own shows. I it was an addiction. <laughs> and at that point, were you just uh, playing as like a solo acoustic yeah. act most yeah. of the time? Just me and my guitar and my piano. Yeah. That's and my awesome. minivan. My parents <laughs> let me take their minivan. <laughs> so when did you maybe get an actual break or, or someone recognizing what you're doing as, as something of value and, and supporting that so that you could maybe go on, on some bigger tours yeah well i still haven't hit my break yet so i'll let you know (laughs) (laughs) but um one of the best things that happened to me early on was getting a song on sirius xm radio on the coffee house that was a game changer and they picked up my um first my cover of uh, van morrison's moon dance and then they took one of the songs that i wrote called when you've got trouble and they played that for years and it connected me to so many people i would have never otherwise reached and the coolest thing was that People just would email me their stories about what the song meant to them. And it was just the coolest time of getting those emails. And I would just open them and cry. And it was pretty powerful. So that's still one of my most requested songs to date because it really, that was the game changer moment, really. Yeah, I would imagine that's that's pretty amazing to, to get those types of letters. And yeah. just because obviously music has meant so much to you and you've probably had so many artists before you yeah create these songs that like that makes so me feel much that to way. you yeah yeah got so you through wild. a tough time or whatever yeah I, I it's hard to really wrap my mind around being on the other end of that I don't I don't really try to figure it out I just am in awe when I get to meet someone and they have a story that goes with one of my songs or they say like I had a woman say to me last night I feel like you've been looking at me through my windows and you wrote a song about my life <laughs> a little <laughs> creepy but it is pretty cool yeah and I guess when you're putting out like that that first like 2007 record, do we have to mention that? <laughs> we don't. We don't have to. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. Just like feel like that was like your contemporaries at that point were like 
people like Sarah Bareilles. Yeah. And like Michelle Branch. Yeah. And, and things like that. Were those were those people like you dug when you 100%. were hundred percent writing? Yes. Yes. I listened to their records constantly. And when you say Michelle Branch, that takes me back because when I was a kid, my main chore was mowing the lawn, and I would just jam to everywhere by Michelle Branch yeah. on, on the lawnmower <laughs> just every day. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, there's definitely uh, like my high school band, the dude that did a majority of the songwriting is probably listening. Shout out Ryan. He's like definitely is the one who kind of introduced me into like Michelle Branch and <laughs> always like fuck around with like maybe trying to cover stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> just because it was fun to like do that as like That's great. an alternative rock band. Yes, you know, I love doing covers that people don't expect. That's so fun. Like we did uh, for a long time. We played Kelly Clarkson since you've been gone. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear that. Really ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I definitely like get those vibes, like listening to your earlier records, and yeah. you know, kind of evoke the same feeling of, of listening to those like Sarah Bareilles records, like especially her first two. I was like a big fan of those and, and her Me songwriting. Um, so you obviously spend a lot of time on the road. Yes. Um, what what keeps you grounded out there on the road? Do you are you someone that kind of has a lot of rituals to uh hmm. get the day going in the in the right direction or is it kind of just taking it day by day kind of thing it is a day by day kind of thing i try not to be too um you know strict or have high expectations of any day because i like to kind of keep it open and see where the day takes me but there are definitely things that i enjoy to do on the road that make me feel better like I love to find a place to do yoga when I if I have a day off or I love finding a great coffee shop not anywhere close to showtime because I don't want to be talking 800 miles an hour but um and I just I live on Yelp I love finding a great place to to do emails or find a great new meal or so yeah those are things that I look forward to but I honestly love the long drives I I'm my I travel solo so I love like today I drove three three hours to me that's nothing and I just love it it's a meditation to me. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, I'm also a fan of the drives. Yeah. The solo drives when you don't have to worry about anybody else's needs in the car. Yep. Like you stop and get food when you want. and No you, backseat driving. You play whatever records you want to play. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's also nice, I guess, having the time to, to, to kind of browse the city that you're yes. actually playing in. Yeah. Um, I guess with the shorter drives, you usually get more of an opportunity to do something like yeah. that. Especially in the Pacific Northwest. I like on this trip, I wish I had more time, but I was in, I got into Seattle last night at five o'clock, sound checked at five thirty, and saw nothing <laughs> and left this morning. So I was so bummed. It's so, it's so hard to like, you get there once a year and then you can spend a few hours there, but you, you don't get to see anything. Um, but yeah, I love Portland. I love it here. I've been here many times and it's great to be back. I'm hoping I have some time tomorrow to explore. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I definitely like to... Uh, I like when people have things that they like to do in each city. Like, I think that's cool that you, like, seek out maybe, like, a yoga studio or something. Because I yeah. just think that obviously, like, connects you with some, some other people that maybe aren't going to your show. But Exactly. Do you ever, do you ever like end up getting people to come to your show because you meet them like at yoga that morning or anything oh like my that? gosh i don't think i've ever told anyone at yoga that i'm there <laughs> to play a show i'm super shy about that stuff uh i've always i always have been but every now and then i'll be like people will be like 
I'll, I'll say something like, oh, I've never been here before. I'm visiting from Nashville. And they'll say, why are you here? And I'll say, oh, I'm playing a show. <laughs> but I don't advertise music. it, that's for sure. <laughs> I keep it to myself. <laughs> right on. Um, and I don't know. As, as far as as playing as a solo act, is that is that just like the most financially like best thing for you at like at this point opposed to trying to bring some other people on the road or or do you also just really enjoy playing as a solo act i enjoy many aspects of it um i like i like we were saying i enjoy those those drives i enjoy just going at my own pace and i stay with a lot of people on the road so it's easier when it's just me um but yeah also financially it's much simpler um, but every now and then I'll tour with like someone who opens and then also plays with me, and that's really fun. Um, my friend Brian Dunn does that a lot, and he's amazing. Um, but I've done some tours with bands. It's just I always end up, you know, working my ass off for a month and losing thousands of dollars, and it's just so hard. And I love them to death, and I want to pay them fairly, so I pay them fairly, and then I eat it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would love to get into a place in my career where I can afford to have different configurations for different tours. Um, as far as playing the solo sets, is that also some? since you are playing by yourself, you like to change things up like on the fly or, or night to night? Or do you, do you kind of like to stick to the same set? No, I've had a different set every night on this tour. Um, and I like to take requests and kind of see where it goes. I mean, I, I go into the night with a set, but if someone requests a song or I think of something, I'm totally open to flow with it. But um, I'm writing a ton of new stuff now since Waitlist came out two years ago. I'm in a phase of testing songs. So tonight I'll play a bunch of songs that nobody has ever heard. So that's really fun. And I love it so much because after a while, if you've toured a record, I mean, realistically, you write these songs like a year before you make the record and before it comes out. And then you're touring the record for how many years? So it's like, it's really fun to start changing it up. I'm excited. Yeah. Are you, are you also always kind of diving pretty deep back into the catalog of, Sometimes, of songs? Yeah. I mean... Gosh, someone requested a song last night that I wrote almost 10 years ago, and I was glad to do it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's cool that, that you're willing to yeah. do that. Yeah. As long as I can remember how to play it, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Or as long as they're, like, willing to maybe hear you miss a few words yeah. or, or something like that. I was like, like okay, if I forget the words, you're coming up here. Yeah, you got <laughs> to help out. <laughs> That's killer. Um, yeah, I just, uh, from listening to the music, I just especially with the new record i i really just dig like your turns of phrase and and wordplay and and placements of things Thank i think you. are just very cool and uh i i also just i don't know i appreciate the uh the songwriting overall but it seems like with the with waitlist you kind of tapped into something different yeah and and definitely seems like a more like the the moodiest or vibiest record that you've you've made thus far is that is that yeah. Like fair? Yeah, that is true. I think production wise, for sure, we really tapped into that. I I got to explore some some sounds I had never used before on a record with Bill Reynolds. Bill Reynolds is uh, he was the bass player for Band of Horses, and he's got this amazing studio in his basement in Nashville. And we had we hadn't met before making this record together, and I just. As soon as I met him, I knew it would be a really fun, fun time. So we spent like three months in the studio, which for me, that's a long time to make a record. Before that, my self-titled record was two weeks. Before that, my acoustic record was two weeks. So it's like 
I, I think there's there's like that fine line of having too much time and, and not enough time. And I think right when we were finished and making the record, we're like, okay, we need to stop. We could do so much. We just need to roll back a little bit. But it was really fun. But you also just took the time to try a lot of different things yeah, and ideas yeah. on songs and whatnot. Yeah. Like you were mentioning that song, Never Really Mind. Well, that song started off as an up-tempo song that the lyrics meant nothing to me and everybody was like we love this song and i just i said i'm not putting that on the record i don't feel anything when i sing it and that is a must and um bill had this idea to just slow the song down completely to like a molasses pace and i rewrote all the lyrics and uh i wrote that song with my friend ian kigi and he's amazing um and anyway rewrote all the lyrics and the song is completely different than it ever was before but you know bill really had that vision so it was really cool to be pushed a little bit. Yeah, you wrote a few songs with on this record with Ian, right? Oh, with Ian, yes. Yeah. We wrote Rescue My Heart together. That was the first song we ever wrote together uh, with Jody Marr. And we wrote Swain together, which was really fun to write. Yeah, so, so the, the intro track to the yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Very, Thank you. It's kind of got that anthemic feel. It's yeah. It's very big. Yeah. I was, I, that was, yeah. I mean, that was what kind of hooked me in right away. Wow, was, was that cool. Jam. Thank you. And... Yeah, are you based out of Nashville these I am, days? yeah. I, I, I moved there seven years ago. Originally from outside of Philadelphia. Lived in Boston for five years, and then New York City for three months, and then Nashville for seven years. <laughs> Is Nashville just a kind of crazy place to be living with the amount of songwriters that are that yeah. are in that city? Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it's intimidating, but other times it's it's so exciting and inspiring. And I've been writing a lot more there than I ever had before in the pop world, not even writing for me, just kind of writing with these um, these people who are producing tracks, like Ian, like when I first started writing with Ian, he was one of the first people that I worked with where he was just producing the track and like making a track as we were writing, which was so cool to witness and building a base for us to write upon. And it's it makes writing so, uh, it's just a whole different approach and I really enjoy it. And it gets me out of my comfort zone where I'm just writing with my, piano and acoustic guitar most of the time so it's been fun to explore that side of nashville yeah and was there anything in particular that drew you into wanting to make a record with with bill from band of horses yeah i mean i loved what he had done with band of horses i loved everything else that i heard that he was working on and he's just a cool guy and um i just thought that he really got what I was going for and I appreciated that like I said he pushed me out of my comfort zone he put an electric guitar in my hand I said Bill I don't know how to play electric guitar he's like well you're gonna figure it out <laughs> and he would just have me do like simple things that ended up adding texture to the records and I could say okay I played electric guitar on this song badass <laughs> <laughs> nice well let's uh let's get into another track off waitlist sure this is uh the, the song we were just talking about it's just uh never really mine there you were when I saw her Wrapping your arms around her Maybe you can't deny it I saw it with my own two eyes And I don't even want to fight it Just want to run away into the night Cause I can still hear our laughter And every word that came after Lying there in the darkness Thinking your heart was harmless Now you're in this hotel room Trying to wash the pain from my eyes Did I imagine everything Everything you said 
super heavy <laughs> and uh it's definitely one of the ones that i gravitated towards on the record though because oh, i'm just you. i'm just about those bummer jams unfortunately Me too. Me too. <laughs> they uh they definitely hit hard and you like one of my favorite lines on that that song that you have is uh i don't know if i miss you or i just wish you goodbye oh thank you so good thank you um because you kind of had to like restructure that song lyrically was it was it hard to get into that headspace or was that just kind of lying within you somewhere? You know, it's weird. It, it just kind of, it felt like, it felt like it really fell into place really easily. 
And, and if you heard what the song was before, you'd, you'd go, how did you get there? But just slowing it down, those those chords and, and that just kind of the droney piano sound just had that. It, it felt like it was waiting there. But it wasn't what I was going through at the time, no. It just was like the, a movie in my mind, you know? Yeah, are you someone that uh, can kind of write not always from your, your state of mind, but by cr- kind of creating these stories? You know, normally I write from exactly what I'm going through at the moment. Normally writing for me is extremely therapeutic, and it's how I kind of wrap my mind around what I'm going through at the time. But that, I tapped into something different. and But it still feels really honest to me. So it's 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 weird. It's almost like a dream-like. Like, I even, in my mind, I know where that song takes place. <laughs> but I wasn't there. It's weird. Yeah, I I think you just, with, with that song specifically, but... Um, throughout your records and specifically with Waitlist, I just think you do such a solid job of like painting a picture of of relationship issues or the good parts of them. Um, but the good parts, what song is that? Yeah, probably not too many on on the, on this, uh, (laughs) current record. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, yeah, with that song specifically, I don't know. I just, uh, it just grabbed me quickly. And I think, you know, just, just that whole idea of, seeing someone that you were once with or deeply involved with and, and seeing them with somebody else, yeah. which is way too easy to, to do these days with oh, like yeah. social media, oh you know, it's, it's, you know, sometimes you, you do some social media creeping oh that you gosh. shouldn't be doing. And even if you don't really feel anything for that person, if you see that they are maybe involved in something new and, and are looking happy, it can be so crushing it to is. see this. It's the ego. Yeah. Now the, the, that part of the song, I can, you know, that's, I can, I can relate to that for sure. I mean, been there. It's just the specific details and the verses are not exactly true to my life, but at the same time, it feels like they are. It's weird. It's a weird thing. Um, are you somebody that really enjoys collaborating as far as songwriting these days? Yeah. You know, I go in and out of phases. When I first moved to Nashville, I co-wrote 40 songs in four months. And after that, I was done. I thought, I can't do this anymore. I feel empty. I have no ideas. I have nothing to write about. Uh, And I took some time for myself. And um, about six or seven months ago, I started writing in the pop world. And it just completely cracked that. And it's so fun to write that stuff. And then also have my stuff, which is a little bit different, where I can explore other sounds. And so I'm super into co-writing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Was that just kind of a switch that happened for you? I got a call. Actually, that's funny. I got a call from someone um, big in the industry who heard Never Really Mine on Spotify and said, you need to be writing for pop people. And a switch went off. I, I, I was in disbelief really and it was like oh yeah I I want to do that I didn't even know that I want to do that and I want to do that and ever since I've just been having the time of my life yeah have you always uh kind of have the the drive to write tunes that would maybe resonate with a large group of people rather than like a a narrow I don't group? actually think about that at all when I'm writing I just I just write and then deal with the rest later. I think that if I wrote thinking about who would like it, it would kill the the creativity. Yeah, maybe some, lose some of the authenticity. Yeah, of it. for sure. Yeah. But uh, you know, a hit a, ne- a hit never hurt anybody. No, that's <laughs> true. God damn it. <laughs> um, 
as far as uh, because you did maybe explore some some different production when making waitlist, is that something that you had to consider when you were thinking about how these songs were going to translate to you playing them just solo as yeah. an acoustic act? Yeah, for sure. That was so. Right as I made the record, then when I released it, I toured with my band, and it was no problem. But then when it was when that album release tour was over and it was time to take these songs to stage by myself i i was like a little bit worried about it but it all still works um it still works it's just you know it's it's those things that you're when you're making a record you're like god some songs are like made for a record and not made for stage and you just have to be willing to know that when you're going into it but i suppose if the songs are the songs are there. It's gonna work either way, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, are you are you still writing on both like piano and guitar when you're absolutely putting songs together? Yeah, I when I'm home, I write all the time on my really crappy out of tune baby grand piano. It's it's not even remotely in tune, and still it inspires me. <laughs> and uh, and then I switch it up and play guitar, and yeah, I write on anything. And I, I write in the car. I wrote two songs on the way to Portland today. Just some voice memo Just stuff. Just voice memos. <laughs> yeah. I wrote Waitlist in the car. That's the, awesome. The track Waitlist. Yeah, we, we kicked it off with that song on, yeah. on the episode. Um, you mentioned on that, on Waitlist, uh, not wanting to be anybody's, uh, is it Lover Girl? Yeah. What do you mean by that? I just didn't want to be held down by that title of like, oh, she's mine. I, I didn't want to be anyone's and I didn't want anyone to be mine. I wanted to be completely weightless. <laughs> yeah, it's a very cool track. It's definitely like one of my one of my favorites off of it. Thank you. And I think it's cool with, with weightless because even though it explores a lot of different dynamics, there's songs like that and, and a few others that I think for anybody that's like familiar with your music, it's like, oh, that's that's like a Liz Longley sound, you know? Yeah. But then there's... There's other ones that are like definitely explore some different production that for sure. It's like, oh, this is this is something different. Yeah. Um, was it uh, now that now that you put that electric guitar in your hands? Is that kind of made you eager to explore what kind of songwriting you can do with something like that? Or yeah, I actually I toured with an electric guitar on the album release tour, and but you know. Um, I haven't been in a phase of writing on it lately, to be honest. I gotta take it back out, but I'm just, I'm just really drawn to the acoustic guitar. I can't help it. I love playing acoustic guitar. I love the sounds that I can get out of it by hitting it, and <laughs> just, I don't know. I, I've always loved an acoustic guitar. Uh, that "What's the Matter" song. Oh yeah. That is, uh, that song gives me like mad Jason Isbell vibes. Oh really? Yeah. I wasn't gonna guess that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Like there's there's a song off Southeastern, his Southeastern record that that definitely like has a similar feel in the wow. best of ways. Like as soon as that, as soon as it hits, I'm just like, "Oh, this is so rad." Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. I love Jason Isbell. Um, I wrote that song when I was in the studio. Like we were making the record and I went home that night and wrote it and played it for Bill the next day and was like, "I think this needs to be on the record." And it's one of my favorite songs, to be honest, on the record, just because it was came from such a raw, real place. And it just, you know, 
it's so different from anything I'd ever written before, but it was so real to me at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think has led to the sustainability of, of your, your career thus far, playing tunes? I think more than anything, I just love the people who come to my shows and I love connecting with people and talking to them afterwards and staying in touch. And I have, I'm so lucky, but I have real relationships with the people that follow my career. And so I think that's what keeps it going is that we're friends. Yeah. Is it, is it wild to kind of show up to these, these cities every year or so and see that these people just keep coming out and yeah singing along to your tunes and, yeah. and like give a shit about what you're doing yeah and people do crazy things like travel from far to like the other night a couple people drove four hours to be at san francisco show or a woman flew in from dc i mean just crazy stuff that blows my mind where would you say this is obviously can be difficult like paving your own path and kind of going out and, and doing this thing on your own where do you kind of find maybe the most resistance towards being productive? Ooh, resistance toward being productive in what way? Creatively productive? Um, just creatively or, or just in in trying to, like, progress your career? Yeah. I think it's, it's an ever-changing industry, and it's hard to find your way. It's hard to... I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm I'm never blaming it on the industry, though. I'm always I'm always going. What am I doing wrong? What What am I doing wrong? Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I just try to be grateful because I it's my only job I've ever had. So how lucky am I that I've been able to make music for a living my entire life? And no, most people have never heard my music. That's fine though. The people that have are incredible people that I love getting to see when I get through the, go through their city. So. And there's there's a crazy amount of people that like do put ten plus years in before yeah. they do get the notice. Like yeah. a guy like Jason Isbell, for sure, is, is definitely one of those people. I for think sure. who's just making records and records and records, and then yeah. all of a sudden one of them popped out for him, and everybody's just like, "Have you heard of Jason Isbell?" Yeah. And he's just like, "Hey guys, <laughs> he's like, I've, I've been, been playing here music all a long time." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Have you had some of those? kind of holy shit moments of of encountering people whether you're like on tour with them or on a bill with them or or just even being in the same room as some people that that you did not ever foresee gosh one crazy thing that happened to me actually two things in college one was um grammy award-winning producer don was produced one of my songs in the studio just for fun one day that was crazy um and then another thing was John Mayer came to Berkeley for about a week and picked a few of us to teach for the whole time he was there. And we got to go in the studio with him and he listened to all our songs on MySpace. I mean, that's how long ago it was. And he came into the room, into the studio one day singing one of my songs. That was a that was probably the biggest pinch me moments because I just love his music. And so, yeah, there have been weird random things like that that have happened as uh as far as songwriting um do you have any habits in that like when you are home are you someone that that tries to pick up an instrument every day even if you don't feel like you have anything or are you are someone that only likes to write when you do have ideas flowing through you well 
I'll say two things. One is I never try to force it when I'm not feeling it because that never leads to anything good. But also, I had writer's block for like a year after making a waitlist, and the only way to get past it was I had like a, a, a come-to-Jesus moment where I just realized if I'm not writing, there's something in there that I'm not willing to say to myself that I'm not willing to write about, so what the heck is it? And I forced myself to write this song, and then after that, had no problem writing a song every day I sat down afterwards. So it's sometimes it's like, okay, you're you're just not wanting to write about what you know is on your heart. And then other times it's like, no, I just I just need to let, have a life day, you know, and not write today. But I feel inspired a lot yeah, lately. I would imagine it's important to like try to maintain some some balance when this is yeah, your your sure. job so that you don't get jaded or like burnt out yeah. on forcing yourself like you're saying to try yeah. to write something that's not yeah. there. Now, I have rituals when it comes to being home. The first thing I do every day is walk my dog and my roommate's dog and just kind of have a clear-the-head meditation kind of walk thing. And then I usually, as soon as I get back into the house, I'm at the piano or I'm at the guitar and or I'm going to a session. So I love starting my day like that and just kind of diving into a creative mode if I feel it. That's the most. Those are the best days. And do you have, like, a pretty tight-knit group of, of songwriters and musicians in Nashville that... You're kind of always around that are yeah. these people that are always inspiring ideas and whatnot. Yes, yes. I've been, that's all happened, honestly, in the past six or seven months that I've kind of found this songwriting community that really feels like where I want to be. But it took a long time. You know, Nashville is it's diverse in, in its musical taste. Luckily, it's not just country. But when I moved down there, I kind of got lost in the country world and it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I was kind of fighting against myself and I know I should do this, but I just don't feel like it. And so I was forcing it a lot of times. And now that I'm doing the pop thing, I just feel like all the doors have just been busted wide open and I've met all the people that I've been dying to meet and it's been great. Yeah, definitely. You have some people to kind of sound ideas off yes. of and, and figure out how to piece. navigate the waters a little bit yes <laughs> i mean we're all lost let's be honest yeah, but that, we're all lost yeah. together <laughs> <laughs> thank you it's important for everybody to recognize that we're all just out here <laughs> trying to uh find our way um something that came up on uh last week's episode of this podcast which um i thought was maybe an interesting topic i was talking to my friend keisha who's a, a local portland singer songwriter and she was she was uh she just kind of brought up this question of of how do you how do you go out and perform when like you're not having the day that you you hope for like when you're on tour and you're and you're having a shitty day mm -hmm. do you always find like comfort in hitting the stage or are those day or the are there days where you really have to kind of power through a set when you're not feeling it that's really funny to say that cuz most days I don't struggle with getting on stage at all. Yesterday, I had the travel day from hell. I traveled for 12 hours. I missed my first flight. Uh, the train tram broke down. I mean, like everything that could happen. My suitcase wheel fell off. I'm, the <laughs> rental the car was. suitcase wheel falls off. Yeah. It's a I was day. late for a sound check, and the rental car, they're supposed to be full of gas. It was empty. And I'm like, no. Like, could anything else go wrong? And I got to that concert, and I was just, I just felt so much relief arriving I'm like I'm finally safe I'm finally where I want to be but I wasn't my best and that's hard I'm a perfectionist I hated that as I wanted to say 
this is not my best because the night before was my best. So it's almost like I had the greatest night and then I was just off. I was awkward. Nothing I said was funny. It was just one of those nights. But what can you do? You're a human being. You cannot be on every single night. And especially when you're playing, I'm playing every single night on this tour. Of course, some are not going to be as good as the other ones. But all you can do is be your best and, and hope that you make enough of a connection with people that they find something in it for themselves and that they want to come back. Yeah, if you if you do have like a lot of chaos going on in your personal life or even the travel day, yeah, um, do you have anything that that you like to do before the show to like yeah. try to remove yourself from that yeah. that space? I got really into Reiki. Um, I don't know if if your listeners know what Reiki is, but if they don't, it's an ener- it's a a form of energy healing. And I was in a crazy car accident actually ten years ago or eight years ago now, um, and it just messed me up really bad and I was in a lot of pain for a lot of years and tried everything to get out of pain and the final thing that worked was this thing called Reiki I had no idea what it was anyway she this woman performed Reiki on me and all my pain went away and it is like the deepest form of meditation I can't even describe it I don't know how to describe it but I learned how to do it on myself and so before I go on stage my best shows that's what I do nice it's like it's like a meditation basically yeah just to, I would imagine that that's, that's important when yeah. you're uh, traveling out there alone sometimes. Yeah, just for sure. Ground yourself before yeah. taking the stage if you can, if you're not having the worst travel day yeah, ever. Yeah, I know. I should have done Reiki yesterday. What was I thinking? <laughs> <You> <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I was so messed up I couldn't even think about it. Um, the song that we're going to play it out with is uh, one of the tracks off Waitlist and definitely one of those more moody vibier jams and uh that was uh only love this time around was that the one only love yeah. yes only I love wrote this, this time with around a friend of mine named michael logan we wrote this several years before making the record and it's a song that always meant a lot to me but speaking of weird energy shit we were talking oh sorry you said i could say whatever i want on this podcast so here we go yeah, Unhinged. absolutely um <laughs> We were talking about near-death experiences and like what it would be like to go to the other side and kind of look at your life and what what you would do differently, how you would live differently, and this is that song. That's what this song is about. Awesome, because I was definitely going to ask you uh, that specifically, like what you meant by the other side, and I yeah, I I don't know. I kind of felt like that was the direction of it, but I also feel feel like it's it's also relatable to even just being on the other side of something terrible. Yeah, yeah, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Because I think, I think we're often like in places where we feel like it's the worst ever. And, yeah. and it's hard to be like, it's going to be better. Like, yeah. you're going to get to the other side of this. So, You just have to choose how you look at it, how you approach it. Yeah. And, and that's that, what that song's about. That, that, yeah. that whole song is just like yeah. about choosing positivity. Yeah, forgiveness and love and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I... I I dig, I dig your songwriting. I dig your lyrics probably most of all. Thank uh, it's you. like what I connected with heavy. And like I said, I just think that this waitlist record is, is just kind of like this next level of, of albums that you've put out. And I definitely, Thank there's you. handfuls of songs on all of your records that I enjoy quite a bit. Like that Camaro song on, on, you. Your, on the record previous <laughs> to waitlist is, is such a cool, like I thought that was like such a cool way of explaining um, the idea of, of an, a new shiny object, you know, yes, coming into a new person coming into somebody's your ex's life, life. And, yeah. and yeah, I just thought that the comparisons to the car and everything was like such a 
a cool way to break that down. So thank you. I definitely encourage people to, you know, travel backwards in your catalog and, yes, and find find those gems because <laughs> you're obviously they're obviously songs that still mean something to you if you're you're playing them out on the road on a nightly yeah. basis, even if some of them are just by request. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for taking the time, Dan. I really thank, appreciate thank it. Thank you. I, I uh, it's a pleasure to to connect with you and, and learn a little bit more about your tunes and. Um, like I said, I just respect the hell out of your, your songwriting and, and just like that you're this person out in the world just kind of cruising <laughs> on your own like city to city is, is I think is just such a very cool thing. And I don't think that's something a lot of people get the opportunity to do. So, I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, right on. Uh, we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is uh, it's a program. It's a program. You nailed it. No, no instruction needed. <laughs> I think I've heard my grandparents say that a thousand times. Exactly. It's that's perfect. that's exactly where I got it from. Like my, my <laughs> grandfather like always refers to like the news as like the news program. You know, like <laughs> program. turn on the news program today. With the clicker. Well, uh, Liz Longley, thank you so much for, you, for hanging out and I wish you safe travels and I'm stoked to hear what you do with your, your next batch of tunes and, and just wish you all the luck. Thank you so much. Much love. We're going to play it out with uh, that track. Only love this time around. Only love this time around. You can find this all over the internet. So I will put all of the uh, the links to Liz's music and how to follow her in the episode notes so you can keep up with her and maybe catch her when she's cruising through your town. And that's it, everybody. We will catch you on the flip side. It's a program. <laughs> it's a program. Again, <laughs> it is a program. <laughs> Take it easy, Poiland. Well, I close my eyes, been to the other side before. Through the door and the blinding light lifted me up above. The hands of time no longer had a hold on me I was free in the weightless sky Carried me in its arms This time around I will be open This time around I will not fear This time around I choose forgiveness Only love this time
It's a program.